Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to the Red Sea Podcast. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Part of the Over the Monster Network. Swinging a high deep drive in the right field. That one's called to the right. Hunter on the move. Racing back. It's over his head. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. Presented by SB Nation. It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. Hosted by Jake Devereaux. Here comes a one-two pitch. And featuring Keaton DeRocher. High deep right. He crushed it. It's a grand slam. Wow. I'm telling you, it's time to party. Got it. 300 strikeouts in 2017 for Chris Sale. An absolute strikeout machine. 13 tonight against the Baltimore Orioles. They're all loaded. High fly ball, deep into left center field. Get out Way back it carries. And that ball is gone! The Red Sox walk it off in style. That's how it's done. The X-Man strikes. Fly ball to deep left center field. Devers has hit it out! The rookie takes Chapman the other way to tie the game. 
Over the Monsters, Red Sea, episode number 146. I'm your host for today, Keaton DeRocher, because Jake is sick and uh, has a massive fever, and we hope that he recovers soon, because that sucks. So joining me instead is Matt Collins. Matt, how are you? I'm okay. Usually I would take this chance to kind of rag on Jake a little bit, but he is actually sick, so don't be too <laughs> Yeah. Pretty pretty brutal stuff um we it's actually kind of been a bit of a minute here since we've had like a legit episode we had a couple emergency pods in between our last recording because the sign stealing thing broke and then the red Sox let cora go so we're a bit back to our normal schedule here um there will be a little bit of that talk because we've got uh, a couple of things that have happened since then uh the red Sox front office gave a press conference and the Red Sox had a winter weekend, which I'm sure was just a blast for those players. <clears throat> and there were some comments out that came out of that that are worth uh, touching on. Uh, we had some Pedroia news break, and then we're constantly bombarded with Mookie news. So we'll have to touch on that stuff as well. And then we'll get into some a bit more fun stuff with uh, relation to the roster, talking about some spring training invites uh, and a little bit of uh, the top prospect lists that all kind of came out rash the past couple of weeks and where the Red Sox fit around that. Uh, but first, let's hit on Mookie, which uh, is just going to be a great topic. Um, over the past couple of days, a lot of reports have come out that the Red Sox and Padres have been deep in discussions for a Mookie Betts trade to send Mookie to San Diego with the, I don't know if I should say central piece or key piece, coming back to the Red Sox, being Will Myers, uh, and then some prospects, uh, which I, now I can't remember who it was that broke it, so I apologize for not being able to give credit. But someone broke that the pieces were, um, ironically enough, Manny Margot and, uh, or Josh Naylor and Joey Lucchese or Cal Quantrill. Um, Matt, I'll let you go first before um, I give my thoughts on it, but uh, they're not going to be great, so... I I feel like I'm losing my mind with all of this. Like, I just, I don't understand. I, ju- I just don't get it. Like, none of this makes sense. And we should note, um, nobody has said that anything is particularly close. Um, it's kind of weird because the smoke certainly seems to be building, but every report yeah. is kind of hedged with some version of, People involved say it's not closer, it's not likely, but it just keeps getting more and more specific. So I don't know. Read into that what you will. Um, the Dodgers also keep getting kind of thrown in tangentially in all of these reports too, so I don't know how serious their interest is. But they're still possibly a player. But as far as like the semi-concrete stuff that we know, you were talking about Myers and um, Margot and Mailer and Quantrill and Lucchesi and a prospect, I think was the it's it. I don't understand how they're taking back Will Myers. I just don't get it. It's baffling to me. The whole point of this is to get below the luxury tax, and you're take like you're not you're saving money on this, but you're take you're taking back money for. He's a bad baseball player. Like Will Myers is not good. His, at his absolute ceiling <laughs> at this point in his career, he can be maybe average and probably below average because he's probably going to be playing um, in the outfield and he's just not very good there. So I just, that doesn't make any sense. 
Um, I keep the Twitter headline, which is more of a character thing. I don't think people are doing it as to be like deceiving, but it keeps saying like they'll get young major league players and um, a prospect or two. And it's like, that is so deceiving. (laughs) It's not (laughs) like they're getting Fernando Tatis. It's not like they're getting like a Rafael Devers. Like there's a wide range of young major league players are getting, they're getting Manuel Margot or or reportedly maybe getting Manuel Margot, who is a worse version of Jackie Bradley Jr. People get very frustrated with Jackie Bradley Jr. Margot is him without those hot streaks. Yep. Um, and then I kind of like the pitchers, Quantrill and Lucchesi, but I mean, those guys aren't, like, they're not difference makers. They're guys you're not upset to have in your rotation. I think I might be higher on Quantrill than a lot of people. Um, but I mean, they're still, like, that's not, it's not a super exciting piece. It's just a young, controllable pitcher who you can throw in your rotation and be okay with it, but not, like, build your rotation around him. And then the prospects, they are supposedly not going to put in Mackenzie Gore, which I get. Um, <laughs> Patino or Patino and uh, who's the other Abrams, right? Yeah, the other one. And I don't know Taylor Trammell. I've heard some people say is some people say isn't available. So I don't really know what's going on there. But it just it, they're going to get like somebody from the back half of their top ten probably. Which granted they have a very good farm system and it would probably be a top one hundred guy. But it's going to be a guy in like the back half of the top one hundred. Like uh, what's his name? Capusano, I think is the name that's been kind of thrown yeah. around the most. He's catching prospect, and it's just. First of all, catching prospects are just not, not what you want to be the centerpiece of a deal for second best player in baseball. It's just like I just don't get it. It's it's not a binary. You don't have to trade Mookie Betts. If this is the best offer you're getting. Just don't trade the guy. It's it's so simple. Yeah, I'm lockstep with everything that you just said. It doesn't save them. It saves them like ten million dollars, but they're still over the luxury tax, so think, it doesn't accomplish anything. So. Um, the, I should mention the. It's I think it's thirteen ish. It's either thirteen or fourteen if they pay for all of Will Myers. But it seems like the hang up, the reports today at least are the hang ups that of how much of Will Myers' contract would be eaten by the Padres. Um, which I mean, it's crazy that we're living in a world where the Red Sox are <laughs> haggling money with the Padres. But that's where we are. But so I mean, it would probably be like twenty ish million, which isn't nothing, but it's still. And it's also, I mean, that money's on, it's not just this year. He's got one or two more years after this. I don't remember. It's just, it still doesn't make it any better, but it should be noted that that's part of it. Yep. Um, I really hate it. I'm actually with you on Cal Quantrill. Um, I seem to be a bit higher on him over at TDG than my cohorts there. I was um, kind of touting him while he was going through his real hot streak last year. Um and then that culminated with um, I went on like a full-on you should have this guy on your fantasy team because he's really good, even though he doesn't have the massive strikeout numbers. And then he imploded over his last like five starts, and his ERA went from like two and a half to over four. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. I think I just I think I really liked him coming out of the draft, and I just haven't gotten off that, which is, might not be the greatest way to do things. But I'm not a national prospect evaluator, so I don't really care. Yeah. I mean, we had the stuff coming out, so it's completely understandable. Yeah, but, but again, I mean, not a piece that you like want to three. Like yeah, he's a number three. Not somebody that you'd be super psyched to, to have coming yeah. in return as you lose Moogie Betts. <laughs> like yeah. he'd be a great piece. I'm sure there's lots of teams that would love to have him. However, if the cost is Moogie Betts, fuck no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he was coming around with, if he's coming along with, like, I don't know. 
Abrams and Tremel or something like that. Like that would be, I that would be a different viewpoint of Quantrill. In this case, he's arguably he would argue to be the top piece, either one or two, and it wouldn't be that close between the gap. Wouldn't be that big. It's not what you want. No. No. What have you heard? I actually haven't heard specific pieces in a while, um, which is sad that I have to say a while for the Dodgers. Uh, I know there was a lot of talk about um, their catching prospects as well back in um, like early December, but has any of that changed? Because I hadn't seen the most recent names, if any, had been named in connection with the Dodgers. Yeah, so um, Spear did mention that yesterday, I think. I'm trying to pull that up. But um, the difference, the biggest difference between the Dodgers and the Padres, I think, right now, is that the Dodgers would take back, would take David Price along with it. They obviously have uh, bigger wallets. But um, the prospect return wouldn't be that good because. This is an old another rabbit hole, but I mean, I think David Price has just become insanely underrated. His contract is treated like an albatross, which it isn't. But um, so let me see. In such, I'm reading from uh, Alex Spears' report, um, talking about David Price going along with it too. In such a scenario, the Dodgers could either part with a relatively young, inexpensive outfielder such as Alex Verdugo, or more expensive options, Jock Peterson or AJ Pollock, to receive greater prospect return. Um, he says Gavin Lux and Dustin May would be off the table. Um, the other guys in the top 100 are Kiebert Ruiz, who's a catcher, Tony Gonsolin, Gonsolin, I don't know what his name, Gonsolin, I think. Uh, he's a pitcher. Josiah Gray is a pitcher. Jeter Downs is an infielder, and Diego uh, Cartaya is another catcher. Um, these guys are all in the bottom 20 of Baseball America's top 100. So, uh, for perspective, I mean, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but the Red Sox had two prospects in uh, Baseball America's Top 100, uh, Tristan Costas and Bobby Dahlbeck, both of whom ranked above all five of those Dodgers prospects that were mentioned there. Um, so, just by Baseball America's list, they're not gospel or anything, but any prospect return would be the number three prospect in the Red Sox system, in a Red Sox system that is generally thought of to not be very good. So that would be the return for Mookie Betts and David Price. Yeah, I hate that too. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I like Verdugo, but I just, I I just can't. I don't like the idea of trading Mookie Betts. I definitely don't like him. I don't like taking a lesser return to get rid of David Price too. It's just, it just doesn't. It just seems like a waste of. If you're dead set on trading someone like Mookie Betts, like the. It shouldn't be about money. It should be about getting an immense amount of talent back. Yeah. So let me ask you a question because there was a John Henry talked to Dan Shaughnessy on January 11th. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go there, and the the quote from John Henry is um, the focus on the CBT resides with the media far less than it does within the Red Sox. I think every team probably wants to reset at least once every three years. That's sort of been the history. Uh, but just this week, I reminded baseball ops that we're focused on competitiveness over the next five years above resetting. Do you buy that at all? Okay, so there's a few, there's many issues with this. Um, I kind of struggle with where to start. Um, first of all, this history that he's talking about. <laughs> 
The luxury tax has not been <laughs> around that long, and especially not the luxury tax that we know now. It's been around for like four years, maybe five years. So there is no history here. You can't like you. I really. I know it's over email, so you can't. It can't be challenged. But I mean, that is just an absurd thing to say. Um, and it's just the whole thing is just insulting. He's the one who said it. Like the whole yep. thing started because he said it. We all heard him say it. To say it's a meteor narrative is just it's asinine. And um, this whole thing about being competitive in five years—that's um, the excuse for getting under the luxury tax—is because it. I mean, it doesn't, but the penalties are being portrayed as they will hurt you down the road. And if you want sustainable success, everybody's favorite buzz phrase, uh, you need to have a lower salary and stay below the luxury tax. So that's him saying that he wants to be competitive in five years. That's another way of saying that he wants to get under the luxury tax. It's just the whole thing is like he's just that it's just treating us like we're stupid. The whole It's really insulting. Yeah. I mean, the best way to be competitive over the next five years is definitely to trade your best player. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's and it'll be justified as restocking the farm and getting rid of those penalties, and that'll that helps sustainable success. And so that is staying competitive in five years. And it's like it's just and everybody buys it. It's the worst part. I mean, you talk about it on Twitter. At least half of my mentions, which I think skew pretty player friendly and anti owner, are still talking about the harsh luxury tax payments, which just aren't that harsh. Yep. I saw that quote and just I had the same immediate boiled over reaction that you did. And I was like, all of your actions actually kind of say the opposite. Like, even yeah. if you are entertaining the thought of trading Mookie Betts, you're not going to be competitive. And to the same extent with David Price, like the best way for the Red Sox to be competitive is to have both of them on the roster. And um, because they don't have anybody. And if they if they end up... Um, just for argument's sake, saying trading David Price instead of Mookie, but still landing like one of the pitchers for the um, Padres that we talked about. Like neither of them, um, Lucchese or Gontrell, are going to be able to fill that hole that David Price would leave, and the pitching staff would not be that great. It would be Chris Sale, inconsistent Eduardo Rodriguez, and then a bunch of shruggy guy. Yeah, that's not going really to be competitive at all. No, I mean I. If they were going to, like, the way to do this to be competitive would have been to do it early. So you had all offseason to kind of be creative. Because, I mean, amid all of this, I do think that Hein Bloom knows what he's doing. I think he's good. I, I don't have any reason to believe he's not good at his job. I think he can be creative with sort of these budget restraints that don't need to be there but are. And so I think he could have probably figured something out to get a decent pitcher, maybe not David Price, but somebody relatively close that can keep them under the larger tax and um, competitive at the same time. But, I mean, at this point, it's just way too late. And I'm not saying he should have, like, rushed into anything because you don't want to do that either, but it's just they're in a terrible position. You're right. I mean, I think I I think they can be competitive without David Price. I don't – they're obviously worse and um, – it won't be easy, but I, I think there is a path. But still, I mean, you're obviously hampering the team's chances. And like I was kind of alluding to earlier, it's just David Price just doesn't get the credit for being a key piece to this rotation. I think there's a pretty fair argument that he's that he could be the best pitcher on the staff this year. Yeah, I think right now the division is, uh, with a healthy roster for the Red Sox, going to be extremely tough. 
mainly because the Yankees they won. Oh, the like, Yankees what, the best team in baseball. Yeah, it's not hundred games last year, and they didn't have Stanton or Garrett Cole, which Stanton is now presumably going to be healthy for a year, and they have Garrett Cole, so that just got way harder. So they're the best path that they have is to be competitive for a wild card spot, which the team as is I think is, and a team that can um, I mean it would be tough. Because you're right, the Yankees are just absolutely loaded. But it's a team um, with David Price and Mookie Betts, a healthy pitching rotation, that can compete for a World Series again. But um, if David Price isn't there, that makes things a lot harder, especially if Mookie isn't there. That's going to make stuff even harder. So you can try and blame the media for this, this spin, but, I mean, just the fact that you're entertaining taking calls on Mookie Betts and not just like, oh, the Padres inquired – um, nothing imminent. The fact that they're down the line where they know that the centerpiece, for lack of a better term, is Will Myers and there's tertiary prospects and pieces, like they're they're discussing this a lot more than they would if they were really concerned about being competitive over resetting. Oh, for sure. And I mean, it's not even just this recent stuff. I mean, it's what they've done all winter. They had clear holes at the beginning of the offseason with their fifth starter and second base, and they signed... Uh, Jose Peraza and Martin Perez. That's that's not a team trying to be competitive. That's a team trying to save money. Yep. All right. <clears throat> so now it seems I'm like a good time. Up now. I know <laughs> to transition to the uh, front office press conference and some comments from uh, players at the uh, Fan Fest Winter Weekend thing. Uh, so I have a conspiracy theory around it. So obviously um, I was traveling and didn't have any of my pod stuff when this broke. So I wasn't part of your emergency pod where you guys got to talk about Cora being let go. But some things that were said by the front office during that press conference, uh, coupled with uh, some other reports and the words of Mr. J.D. Martinez himself, had led me to dig up a conspiracy theory about this whole scandal. So I think I might know you're going. I'll uh, I'll start with the press conference because that came first. The front office was very deliberate in them uh, wanting to make the point that they were letting Cora go because of what his role was with the Astros and their scandal, not having to do with anything that was reported to have been happened with the Red Sox. So that first was fishy to me. For them to... Really kind of because there had been another report from Drellick and Rosenthal, same guys that broke the Astros, uh, that the Red Sox themselves had their own scheme and they were running through all this for them to specifically say. And then, and it was also mentioned that Cora was the one that kind of masterminded the Red Sox one too. For them to go out of their way and say, forget what's happened with the Red Sox. We're just firing him for his role with the Astros. And they kept repeating over and over again, uh, withhold judgment until the investigation is over. Then we fast forward a few days later to uh, FanFest, and J.D. Martinez uh, is talking to the media, and he kind of brings up the same stuff, that um, they don't think, or um, wait until the end of the investigation and the results come out because they didn't do anything wrong. Everything's clean. They didn't steal signs. The series isn't tainted, any of that. And then there have been a couple of reports uh, from a few different people that they don't think Major League Baseball has found anything with the Red Sox, which would be baffling. 
considering the report that came out with the details and from uh, folks that had already confirmed similar process of sign stealing at another club. Uh, and they had three witnesses. So my conspiracy theory is that Major League Baseball is working in conjunction with so the front offices to minimize the damage of this whole catastrophe because it is uh, the whole steroid stuff kind of set the league back a little bit. It was frustrating. I mean, I, I'm I think at this point we don't really we don't care much if people were taking steroids or not, but just the aftermath of it, all the accusations and home run records tainted and all that, and it was league wide. And it became a much bigger issue for Major League Baseball. I think Major League Baseball is basically trying to make the Astros the fall guy and say that these guys were the only ones doing it to just contain the, the fallout from what could be a massive scandal. And kind of said, if you guys cut Cora loose, we'll, uh, we'll somehow not find anything on your end and you guys are going to get off. That's my conspiracy theory. I uh, I don't I don't think I stand with you on it, um, but I'm intrigued. Um, I I don't think the league would do that. I think I don't think any other team would be okay with that. Um, I can't imagine like the Yankees or the Dodgers going along with that. <laughs> unless they were, <laughs> unless they were uh, stealing signs too, and they don't want to get caught up in the two. I can see it, but. Unless that was the case, I just can't see them like letting the red, like allowing that to happen. Um, I thought you were going to say that Cora was going to come back in twenty twenty one. I thought that's where you're going because I've heard people say that too, which I also don't think is going to happen. But, oh, um, yeah. I mean, I will say I was very surprised by the tone that they are taking about this investigation. How everybody seems to think it's nothing. Um, I maybe it isn't anything. I can't believe it i cannot imagine the backlash that the league will get if they don't do anything to the red sox here so whether or not their investigation yeah. finds something the public for public opinion has already been determined here people right. will lose their astros fans will descend upon the league offices like they are already <laughs> melting down if they don't do anything to the red sox here they will lose their goddamn minds so i'm not saying that it's wrong that the Red Sox aren't going to get anything here because you're right. It does, certainly does. They don't seem very confident about that. It would just blow my mind and I would be legitimately scared of what Astros fans would do. Yeah. I just find it so difficult to believe that they're going to come up empty in this. There's going to be and something. Yeah. I, I just, I'm sh- I would be just absolutely shocked. And maybe, Maybe I should have read into the um, JD Martinez words more specifically because I think he said that the World Series they like that's not tainted and yeah. Then, so I think it'll come out that nothing happened in the playoffs. Yeah, which doesn't make it right. It just means no, 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 you not. weren't cheating at the time. Of, I mean, you cheated to get there, but you didn't cheat while you were there. And it's nobody kind of will like, believe that anyways. I mean, <laughs> right. even if I even if I don't even like, I might believe it. Doesn't really matter. Like. It's just, that's not how this works. Um, but I I think what's going to happen, just based on their tone around everything, is that they're going to get punished, but it's going to be significantly less than what the, Reds, the Astros got. It's going it, to, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like one, like, second round draft pick or something in a fine. 
Um, yeah, I'm just that... pulling that out of my ass, but it's. <clears throat> I just. It seems like they're they know they're not going to get crushed like the Astros are. Well, if it's significantly less than what the Astros got, would that still blow your mind? Because they had already been caught with electronic sign sealing before, and Major League Baseball made a point that repeat offenders would get punished more and more severely? No, because I think the Astros thing, um, everybody hates the Astros, like in baseball. The Astros are the least popular organization. Um, I mean, Manfred mentioned in his report about the culture of the organization and how it was kind of, this was kind of a statement towards that culture. So I think that was, yeah, that's true. Red Sox, for all the issues the Red Sox may or may not have, they don't, they, I've never gotten the impression that people think of them like that. So I think that was part of the issue with the Astros. I mean, it was, this investigation started like a week, a week or two after the um, Todman thing. So, I mean, the Astros have just been garbage for a little while. Yeah. And their whole. But again, I mean, I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, their whole issue with the media, too. That press conference yeah, is pretty wild, though. That, um, they were just. Tom Warner and John Henry are just not made for that, man. <laughs> they are no. not good not. in those situations. Uh, Tom Warner looked like. He looked like how I look if I go to. Sometimes. Um, like if I have to go to like a pharmacy or like a walk-in clinic, sometimes I have to wait longer than I expect, and I just get really grumpy about it. And uh, <laughs> Tom Warner was giving me those vibes during that whole press conference. He did not want to be there. And John Henry was like getting very annoyed with questions that were not all that annoying. Um, and they kept saying, the thing that stood out to me is they kept saying that they were surprised that. Um, about Cora's involvement in the Astros report, and they kept saying they were surprised by all this, and it was just, I desperately wanted somebody to ask what specifically they were surprised by, because pretty much all of that was public <laughs> knowledge at that point. And it was just baffling that they kept saying that to me, and nobody would quite push them. Yeah. I don't think they would have actually answered it, but I just wish somebody would have asked it. The one thing that stuck out the most to me was when the question of whether or not Cora should get a second chance to manage yeah, was asked, and there too. was just a... That a was. very long, long pause before uh, Sam Kennedy gave a very political answer. Yeah, I mean Sam Kennedy. Sam Kennedy. I'm, I'm not really into the whole um, like his whole like politician vibe, for lack of a better word. Just like kind of not saying anything while saying stuff. Um, it's just nobody really likes that, but he's very good at that. Yeah. But yeah, when that question is asked, Henry and Warner literally looked at each other and then they both looked down. It was amazing TV. <laughs> yeah, that that one really stood out to me. Especially because, I mean, the entire time, and this was Sam Kennedy's response, was just to talk about how thankful they were, how good a job he did, and uh, how talented he is, but wouldn't commit to, yeah, he should get a second chance or not. Yeah, I didn't, uh, I, I didn't really have a problem with this answer specifically, just because I don't know what else he was supposed to say. Yeah, I just I'm surprised that they were caught off guard by it. Oh yeah, that question should have they should have seen that question coming a mile away. Yeah. But yeah, it didn't they I mean, they should have had a press conference after Dombrowski, but uh just knowing how they are with press conferences it probably just would have been an absolute shit show, shit show too. So I mean I think the th- the biggest takeaway here is that they need to start just sending out Sam Kennedy and High Bloom for the stuff because they're just not I mean, the whole thing that we were talking about before with Henry saying the luxury tax, that was clearly not something that he meant to say. 
and it's just hung over them the whole offseason. He is just not good if he has to kind of speak on his toes a little bit. And to be fair, if you're listening to this John Henry, which I know you're not, I'm not good at that either. <laughs> so I'm not like trying to trash you or anything, but when you're the owner of the Red Sox and you're having these press conferences, if that's not something you're good at, I think maybe you should send Sam Kennedy out there because he seems a little better at it. Yeah, you have to have somebody who can do it and then just rely on them. Yeah. Never say a word. Um, well actually it's kind of a good way um, we'll come back to the Petroya thing it's a good segue into the latest on the managerial managerial search uh, which is not a whole lot we haven't really heard anything at all Um, and they might go into spring training without a manager at this point but so funny uh, that would just be I don't even know if it would be bad because I don't really know exactly what a manager does in spring training but i'm fascinated to know what that would look like it would just be so yeah weird. i i mean i can't imagine like this isn't this has ever happened like, before <laughs> no and i mean people have mentioned it like um, they had a manager in 2003 um when this ownership or 2002 whenever this ownership group first came in and they ended up hiring grady little towards the end of spring training um but i mean they still had I think he was still Joe Kerrigan at that point. He was still there. Everybody knew that he was probably gone, but they were waiting for that sale to finalize, and it took a little longer, so it didn't finalize until during camp. So they sort of didn't have a manager at that point. But they technically had one, but everybody knew he was gone. Yeah. Uh, one name that has been mentioned with uh, the Red Sox and was mentioned with some of the other openings is uh, is it Hensley Mullins. Think Mullins? so. Um, yeah, I, I should probably look that up because I always feel bad when I mispronounce people's names. But yeah, I think it's Hensley. Uh, I can't even read the pronunciation guide. Um, we'll call him Bam Bam. That's his nickname. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he's the best candidate. And I will <laughs> say that I don't really, I won't really pretend that I know who is and is not a good candidate, but um, Bam Bam has been around for a long time. Um, he speaks English and Spanish fluently, which was part of the reason why Alex Cora was so good at connecting players. I mean, that's a really underrated skill in today's yeah. league. Um, he has managerial, managerial experience in the international uh, circuits. He's coached for team netherlands for a few years he has coached uh, bogarts in the world baseball classic a couple times so he has a relationship there which is always a good thing especially with bogarts kind of emerging as the number one leader in that clubhouse um that's a nice connection to have and he spent most of his mlb coaching career learning under bruce bochi and i don't know how many better mentors there would be over the last 20 years than bochi yeah he was also mentioned um in the last managerial search before the Red Sox yeah. hired Cora. So I don't like, think they ended been up linked there before. Yeah. I don't know if they ended up interviewing him, but he was mentioned. I was very yeah. surprised the Mets didn't hire him because he is the Mets bench coach right now. Yeah. I was surprised too. Also surprising, at least to this point, apparently the Red Sox have not even asked for permission to interview. Mules. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was talking about this with Jake like last week or something. Um, I don't have any inside information here, but it seems like, at least last week, pretty much every beat writer within like a 48-hour period had an article about the internal candidates. 
and stuff like that always kind of raises my eyebrows when everybody does something at the same time. Um, so I kind of feel like they're going to go internal. I'm only basing that off that one fact, but that's just that's kind of where I stand right now. I feel like they're kind of waiting for that investigation to end, and they're going to wait till Ron Renneke's name is cleared, and then they're going to hire him. That's why I kind of think they're saying that they're fine going into spring training without a manager because they expect Renneke to come out clean, and then they can just hire him for a year and then figure it out next offseason. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Huh. Yeah, that's an interesting approach to it. Probably better. I mean, I guess um, the full slate of candidates that <clears throat> would have been available, obviously not at this point because they were all hired. Um, so if you kind of go the bridge way and then you have your your pick from the beginning of the offseason as folks are available next year and you can kind of do a much more thorough and proper search that probably makes sense yeah and you know what your team like right now the the next like few years or so so in flux with the bet stuff and the price stuff and you really have no idea what this team's gonna look like next year um it may i mean that i don't know how much that affects your um who you're looking at as a manager but i feel like it has to play some sort of role yeah i would agree um I haven't. I mean, beyond that, that's pretty much all I have. Yeah, there's nothing. I I said this on um, the last podcast, I think. But uh, as long as it's not Buck Walter, I really won't. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, it's not going to be Buck Walter. Yeah, there he did enough damage. They're blaming the Red Sox for getting his players sick and that whole debacle. Yeah, that uh, was so. I was just thinking about that the other day. He's the worst. Yeah, he he's is. like every team gets sick. It's like the Red Sox like died. That, that was, I don't know what year that was. Twenty seventeen, I think. But yeah, like their entire clubhouse was like out. Had, like four guys put on the deal with like an actual flu, not a hangover flu. And he's like, yeah, every team gets sick. Like, you get the fuck out of here, Buck Showalter. <laughs> not like this. <laughs> yeah, not great. Um, also not great. Uh, Dustin Pedroia hit a major setback in his road to recovery uh, and his availability to be ready for opening day is now in major question mark. Uh, is this ever going to happen? I mean, it's hard to say yeah to that question, right? Um, it's yeah. just, I wasn't super confident. Obviously, I don't think anybody was, but I was kind of hoping he would at least like get a chance at spring training to do something, and now it's like I don't even know if that's going to happen. It's just, it sucks. I mean, this is not how it was supposed to go for Pedroia. I mean, the big question after this is announced was his Hall of Fame future status, which I don't really care that much about, and I know that debate's going to be 
tedious and just awful. But um, it's just the point of that is just that it's being argued about with how, the way the last few years has gone just goes to show what kind of track he was on. It's just the way this is all unfolded it just sucks. And I mean, I've said it many times and it, it really bothers me when people say like he has to hang it up or like he's stealing from the Red Sox or whatever. It's just <coughs> such a garbage opinion that it's not even worth really getting into, but it's just, I just hope he figures out what's, what's best for him. Yep. Totally agree. In the, I mean, people want it to be manager. I don't know that that's a good or a bad idea. Something I've been thinking about lately is um, announcing. I have no idea if he would be interested in that, but I feel like Dustin Pedroia would be pretty good in the booth. Yeah, I actually think he would too. He's like, do you remember like early career Dustin Pedroia? He was a quote machine. Yeah, like, that guy talked more than anybody, and I. The Jeff Francis quote is like the best quote any athlete's had in the history of sports. And just, I want that guy. Like him and Eck in a booth, I think, would be pretty incredible stuff. That would be really entertaining. I mean, even at the end, he was still vocal and giving out sound bites. Uh, I mean, the I think the one that sticks in mind recently was the uh, I am the leader, I'm here, that's why I'm here one, which was frustrating at the time, just given the state of the team. But um, in really any other context, would have been a pretty great quote. <laughs> But, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's never he's never going to be shy. Yeah, um, which is actually why I feel like he would hate managing because um, I feel like in the same way that um, Kobe R.I.P. would have been a terrible coach because he would have he would expect everybody to have the same level of grit and go at like one hundred and thirty percent like him. He would get annoyed when people weren't. Um, I feel like that would be a bad characteristic for a manager to have. Yeah, I mean, um, they, uh, a lot of, I mean, it said, I don't know how true this is, because, I mean, some, there are obviously times where this isn't true, but, I mean, it's a, a pro, pretty much across sports, I mean, people always say that the best players often make the worst coaches just because they don't understand why people aren't as good as them, and that can be frustrating. So, I, I don't know. I think Pedroia could be a good coach. Um, I think he could be a bad coach, too. I just, I don't really know enough about any of these guys to say what they would be as managers. But, um, if they gave him a shot as like a bench coach or whatever, um, I wouldn't hate it, and I wouldn't hate it if he went into the booth. And again, I have no idea if that's something he'd want to do, but I would be interested in it. Yeah, I would definitely be interested in that too, for sure. Uh, some other roster things, some spring training invites. Um, you just want to run through the list or just talk about some that are interesting? I'll just run through the list and then we can decide if there's anybody worth talking about um so they added 13 guys to their non-roster invitee list uh they were all already with the system so no new signings or anything but uh Roldani Baldwin, Rusne Castillo, Jaron Duran, Chad De La Guerra, Marco Hernandez, Tommy Joseph, Josh Ockamy, uh Trevor Hildenberger, Tanner Houck, uh Brian Mata, Brian Johnson, Danny McGrath, and uh Bobby Pointer. Anybody there stand out to you as interesting? Yeah, uh, two of them. Uh, the first one is Rusne Castillo, because I just think it's kind of like a backhanded compliment. Like, you're not on the 40-man. We're not paying you $13 bucks, but you can come hang well, out and training for a bit. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess against the... or it's yeah, not that's still, against their tax. Right, that's it. So there's no way they're going to call him up yeah. uh, to play at all, because they're not going to 
put that against a cap. <laughs> so, uh, but you can come hang out with us in spring training for a couple weeks, which I just think is kind of funny. I feel like you can't not invite him, especially because I mean, he's this is his last year with the Red Sox, and so he's going to be looking for. Uh, obviously, he's not getting a major league deal from anybody next year, but he's going to be looking for like a minor league deal and actually try and fight for a roster spot next year. So, I mean, I feel like it would be kind of a slap in the face to not at least let him play against some major league teams. Yeah, that's probably fair. I, I thought um, just seeing his name there, it felt oh, uh, yeah. laughable I mean, to me. It's the last time it's going to happen. And I, I <laughs> yeah. tweeted this the other day. His last season, the Red Sox, is the last uh, season of Pawtucket. It's a little poetic. That's but very fitting. Together, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I don't think he had a terrible year last year, but just his age at this point. Oh, he's done. Yeah. That's I tough. really, like, I struggle to say I feel bad for him. But I do feel bad for him, and I know he made a lot of money, and I'm not saying that he's, like, the unluckiest person on earth or anything, but I mean, right. the guy lived his whole life to be a professional baseball player, and he made all the money, but he never really got a chance to prove it, and, I mean, that kind of sucks. I mean, he's spent – he still lives in Boston. He's lived in Boston his entire career because he always genuinely believed he was going to get called up, and he wanted to be there when he gets called up, so he commutes to Pawtucket from Boston every day. I mean, it's just – I wish he could have gotten the chance. I don't necessarily think he would have – been much of anything but i mean i think he could have been like a fourth outfielder and carved out like a five-year career or something like that and it's just it's an interesting what if yeah i mean especially the state of some of the red sox teams from his tenure like it wouldn't hurt i so i i've said this on um a previous i don't remember when it was but i remember i was of the the um opinion that they didn't give him enough of a chance his first go i think it was only like 20 some games or whatever just at the end of the season um, and I thought he should have been given more of a chance. Jake was very heavily against that and uh, not much of a fan of Castillo. <laughs> but uh, it is just kind of interesting to see how it's all culminating and coming to an end now. But yeah, it's the end of an era. Yeah. Uh, the other name that interests me was Jaron Duran. Uh, I know that uh, he lit the world on fire and was leading all of the minor leagues in batting average uh, in A-ball and then came up to double-A and hit a bit of a speed bump. Turned it around in the second half, had a pretty decent fall as well. Um, so I still have hopes that um, Duran can be the speedy center fielder that hits for average that we hope he becomes and kind of jumped onto our radar on. So I'll actually be pretty interested to see how he does against um, the probably toughest competition that he will have faced to this point. I mean, I know spring training is generally yeah, a it's bag, especially non-rosters, but yeah. I'm sure he'll have spots here and there where he'll he'll be going against some guys that'll give him some tough tough stuff yeah i love jared Duran. he's probably my favorite uh, prospect in the system just in terms of like the way he plays i like contact speed guys so i'm excited about that um but yeah i mean i, I don't think he's gonna be in the majors this year i think the only way we see him in the majors this year is if they are in contention and he's like a pinch runner but even that um since they don't have 40-man rosters in September anymore, that would be tougher. But, yeah, I'm excited to see him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, nobody else is super, super interesting. Rodani Baldwin's interesting, not because of anything other than I just can't believe I saw his name on this list. Uh, Trevor, Trevor Heldenberger is a guy I always liked in Minnesota. They signed him a few weeks ago. So I think he has – I think out of everybody on this list, he probably has the best chance to make it. Um on opening day, it's probably either him or Marco Hernandez. But so yeah, I'm interested in Hildenberger. Um, yeah, that's probably it. I mean, 
I'm interested in most of these guys, but I don't know that they're really worth talking about too much. No, I think Donnie Baldwin is a great Boston name, though. Roll Donnie that's Baldwin. Worth. What is it? Roll Donnie Baldwin. R-O-L. Wow, uh, I think that makes it even better. I think he's from the Dominican. Yeah, I, I, I had a big thing for Roll Donnie Baldwin a few years ago. He had a monster season in 2017. He's a catcher. Um, Greenville. He was in Greenville in 2017. Um, just a monster season at the plate. Hit for a ton of power. Um, but uh, since then, I have spoken to people who have seen him. His defense is not great, and he also hasn't really played a ton over the last two years. So, um, I mean, he might be like a backup catcher at some point. But I think he's there mostly because they they just need catchers to catch all the pitchers because there's so many pitchers in spring training. You just literally need bodies. Yeah. So. Well, if there's one thing you want out of a catching prospect, it's bad defense. So Yeah. Actually, this is something I'm writing about soon. That is not as much of a concern with prospects anymore because of the robo-lumps. Robo-lumps, that yeah, that's true. Soon going to descend upon us, so some of that stuff doesn't matter anymore. That will be a really fun transition. I actually don't hate it, but I know a lot of people do. Neither do I. Uh, I mean, we basically already have that as it is. and it like, I mean, just the, the overlay, if there's a ball that's just outside or inside and people get pissed off about it, like, if it's, if they get the call, the strike call correct, would you still have a problem with it? Yeah, the big argument against it is that the strike zone that they call and the strike zone that we see overlaid isn't the rulebook strike zone, and so the right we would see strikes that we don't normally see, but they could either A, change the rulebook strike zone, or B, I think major league hitters would adjust relatively quickly. Major League Hitters for a reason. I don't think it's as big of a concern as other people do. I agree. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, last thing before we get to questions, a uh, bunch of top prospect lists came out. Um, just want to mention who and what fell where. Uh, yeah. Let me uh, pull up. So, uh, Baseball America was released first, and... I am vamping. I am vamping because I am trying to bring up where they fell. So they had two people on the list. I was a little surprised. I thought that they were only going to have one on pretty much every list. But uh, they had Tristan Casas at number 70 and Bobby Dalbeck at number 75. Um, so yeah, I, they are pretty high on Bobby Dalbeck, which I get um, if you're, you know, more into proximity than like star potential or anything like that, then I can see that I probably wouldn't have him. Uh, he doesn't seem like a top 100 prospect to me, but I guess I can see the argument. Um, also, Baseball America included, so the way they do their top 100 list is their entire editorial staff puts together a top 150, and then they kind of put that together, make a list from there, and then start calling front offices and adjust from there. But they also they published all of the prospects who are listed on at least one top 150 but weren't on the top 100. So, uh, Jaron Duran, Jay Groom, uh, Brian Mata, and Hilberto Jimenez were all on somebody's top 150. So, I thought that was worth noting. I don't really know. I mean, that's only one person, or it may only be one person for those guys, so it's not super important, but worth noting a little bit. And then MLB Pipeline, uh, they had Tristan Casas at number 77. Uh, he was the only... Red Sox prospect. They did have Bobby Dahlbeck as their number uh, seven third baseman. 
uh, Casas was their number three first baseman. And then uh, Baseball Prospectus came out on Monday, today, when we're recording this, and they didn't have any Red Sox prospects in their top 101. Uh, they did have Casas in their kind of their next 10. Like, they put their next 10 guys who would have been on, so Casas was there. And they also said um, on their podcast that came out along with it, um, if they knew that Noah Song was pitching uh, this year, he would be somewhere around number 80 on that list. So, um, big takeaway is they don't really have any elite prospects. Um, they might have one or two guys that might be top 100 worthy. I think they, I think the top of their system is all like the top three or four guys are probably all bunched up in like the 75 to 200 range, which isn't great, but. It's not like a total disaster. So, this is something that'll get people kind of worked up, but I don't really think it matters all that much. Great. Yeah. I'm a little surprised too. I thought Red Sox would have one and just be Casas across the board. Yeah, but. I thought, um, yeah, I, th- I think Noah Song's interesting. I, I'm a little surprised that Dahlbeck made that list, but again, I see the case for it. I think I probably, if you had asked me if some, some, if you had told me somebody else would be on one of those lists, I probably would have said either Song or Mata, but I get it, I guess. All right. Well, let's finish up with some questions then. Okay. Uh, Mike Mayer says, do you think High and Bloom regime just runs a tight ship and prevents information leaks, or do you think that they are not doing anything? They're definitely doing stuff. Yeah. Um, I just don't think uh, the stuff they're doing is worth talking about yet. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think he probably does, um, like, run a relatively tight ship. I don't remember much. Maybe I'm wrong about this. I don't ever remember much leaking from Tampa Bay, and I still don't really. I feel like their trades sort of come out of nowhere. Um, I think teams in general have gotten better at this stuff. Yeah, I think they've been working on a lot more than we've heard. Like I said, like I said earlier, like I don't think Bloom's bad at his job. I just think the way that they're running the offseason is shitty. There's a police helicopter hovering over my apartment. Can you hear it? No. What did you do? I don't know, but I just <laughs> I saw the light go like down the alley. So shit. I think someone's like on the run around my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit. All right. Well, let's make sure my door's locked. <laughs> Uh, all right, next question from Jeff Wax. Uh, why can't Bloom speak candidly without constantly waffling? Uh, is he? I'll be honest. I haven't. The only time that I really saw him talk yeah. was uh, his intro presser and then the one where they fired Cora. And I didn't get that sense. I think he handles himself pretty well. I mean, he's like another. He reminds me of like the Ben Charrington. Like he's one of the most boring people on earth, but he. That's not the worst thing in the world in this kind of job. I don't think he waffled at all, actually. Yeah. Same. Uh, ben Jacobson asked, what's the return for Mookie if he's traded? Uh, and how not with it is it? Also, why didn't they just go all in this year and then try to shed payroll next year with more guys would be leaving? Well, the second part is something I have been wondering this entire offseason. Like a two-step plan to reset, if that's really their goal, makes way more sense than trading Moogie Betts for a couple of stakes. Uh, I can go on a rant here, but I won't. 
<laughs> yeah. I'll just say that that is not how people in John Henry's position operate. It is short-term profits. Yep. Uh, in return, we kind of talked at least yeah, in terms of Padres and Daughters, so I don't really want to go any further than that. No. Uh, Spencer Madison says you have the power to redo one Sox trade and signing of the and signing. Ooh, I thought it was an or first time I read it. And signing of the past ten years. Uh, what do you do and what do you do instead? Well, the signing has got to be Lester, right? Mm, probably. I think you can make the past ten years. Does Beltray make that cutoff? So uh, yeah, I guess he would be right Beltray at the very beginning of it. That was 2010, so I think that was technically still 10 years ago, just barely. So, I think I'll Beltre. Um, but, I mean, I think Lester is right there, too. Especially, Lester was more, obviously he had a longer career here. It was more meaningful, sort of, yeah. to the Red Sox lore. That one's fun to think about, though, because if they signed Lester, they don't sign David Price. And currently, Lester is at the point where he's kind of falling apart. David Price is still going strong. Well, the Beltray one is um, they don't trade for Stephen Drew. Oh, yeah, Euclid. that's right. Euclid would have been at first base. Well, they quickly pulled the ripcord on Gonzalez shortly after. <laughs> so trade with that, I don't know what the trade would be. Yeah, trade is tough. Do. Um you go first, then. Give me a chance to think. I would do the Thornberry trade just because I love Mauricio Dupont. I want it back with Red Sox. Oh, uh, yeah. Very easy and the fact that Travis Shaw can play second now. I don't that know seems that Travis to be Shaw is second. But... He's great. <laughs> I uh, I specifically made the trip up to Milwaukee to get his mayor of Ding Dong City bobblehead. That was so worth it. <laughs> I'll allow it. Um... Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. This has been so many trades. It's kind of a hard question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I can pin one down, but I guess the that's a, the Thornburg one is probably one that comes to mind the most, I guess. Um, it's probably an obvious one that we're not thinking of. I can't think of it. Yeah, it's hard to do it on the spot. Because I can't go, like, in terms of trades, I can't think further back than, like, a year. Yeah. That's anything for me. Sounds tough. But, all right, um, we got some legs out of that one. That was a fun one. Uh, Scott and Adele. So I haven't heard any JBJ rumors all winter. Have they decided to just keep him, or has the potential return just looked like, and then I believe it was a poop emoji? I think it was uh, toilet paper, actually. Oh, yeah. that Well, close enough. Yeah. One, and the, they go hand in hand. Yeah, but I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that, that looks like toilet paper. But, uh. Besides the point. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this kind of goes back to what we were talking about with the first question about the kind of keeping a tight chip. I'm assuming they've been talking about uh, Bradley Rivers. I assume they still are, I think. If they really want to get under the luxury tax, that has always been one of the moves that made the most sense to that end. Not that he wouldn't get them all the way there, but he is he's the worst player on the team making a significant chunk of money. So, yeah, I hope they don't trade him because I like him. I will say that uh, Texas seems just too obvious for it not to happen at some point. They desperately need a center fielder. 
and they just lost out on Starling Marte today because he went to the Diamondbacks. And Nick Cassianos, who Nick they Cassianos heavily too. ruined with too. Yeah. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Uh, William Classic. Uh, or is that McIsaac? Is that an L or an I? That's an I. I think it's McIsaac. A yeah. Um, with the addition of a few left-handed relievers this offseason, do the Red Sox have too many left-handed pitchers? No. No, they do not. Most of their lefties are... I mean, the rotation... Do they have that many lefties in the bullpen? Uh, I think they've added two this offseason, and they had... One for most of the season, and then someone came up, so they had two. So they, I mean, they have Taylor and uh, Darwinson, our two. Yeah, that was it. Like, share bets, and then they have, yeah, they traded for um, Jeffrey Springs and Matt Hall, who are both lefties. But I mean, those guys aren't. Um, those guys aren't really, and they claim Josh Oshins. Those guys aren't really good too. Like those are up and down arms. Um, the rotation is very left-handed, but that's not a big deal either. Just get good pitches. doesn't matter what side they throw from. Agreed. Uh, figs. <laughs> nice. Figs. I'd like to start by saying I get the wariness of trading Mookie, but the line try and win with him doesn't really make sense to me. The Red Sox aren't trying to win with or without him, so at a certain point, the best move is to sell him. IDK, if there's a question here. I disagree with that. I think with Mookie Betts and David Price, they are World Series contending team. Yeah, this line that they are, like, no chance of competing or anything. It's just, I mean, I think this is where sort of the the whole thing with Betts and the, all the disagreements kind of come to a head. And it's just a fundamental disagreement. I think it's crazy to think that they can't contend. I've pointed this out a few times on Twitter and I will say that I don't agree with it, like specifically. But Fangraphs, uh, their depth chart projections um, have the Red Sox as the fourth best team in baseball behind the Yankees, Astros, and Dodgers. Um, I don't know that I'd have them quite that high, and they're there by a fairly comfortable margin. Um, I don't know that I'd have them quite that high, but like that just shows you, like this is a team that should absolutely be. I think they're one of the two favorites for the AL wild card, even if you don't have them there. Like they're absolutely in the mix, and if you're I mean, I know people say that the wild card doesn't matter or whatever, but A, I hate that mentality, and B, the National just won a World Series. As they were the wild card, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just... And the Yankees, I mean, obviously, I think the Yankees are the best team in baseball. I don't know that's particularly close, but um, they had a lot of right for them last year that may not again in... I mean, we just saw the Red Sox go from having the best season in 20 years to being pretty disappointing and also that disappointing season they won 84 games or whatever they were still above 500 with everything going wrong i just i don't understand that viewpoint that they can't contend yeah i agree uh things are getting more real here in chicago there are now people yelling out in the alley um jesus yeah this is um quite a situation here i'm gonna turn my light off (laughs) this podcast this is this is the most real it has ever gotten in my, my residency here in Chicago, and uh, I don't like the feeling. But uh, Chicago's great. You should come visit. It's great in the summer. Good times. Come visit Chicago. Uh, Vinny Munoz uh, says, Moreland, yes or no? Do you answer this? Sure. 
Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind, given the state of the right side of the infield right now, wouldn't mind having him back. Um, that's my personal opinion. Uh, in reality, the answer is probably no, because they're not going to want to spend money. See, I think it might happen. I wouldn't mind it. Um, I don't think he's going to cost anything. Like, I think he's going to take a go. I, mean, I haven't heard one thing about which one this one. I think he's going to take a 1-3 or 1-4 or something like that. And at that point, it's whatever. I mean, that's negligible. So, I wouldn't be surprised. The Red Sox love Mitch Moreland. Absolutely love him. And he loves Boston. So, I yeah. wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't mind it. I also wouldn't mind if he went somewhere else. I do like Mitch Moreland a lot, but also on the field, I don't know that it makes that much of a difference where it's worth getting worked up about. Fenway Park suits him. Yeah, yeah, like I said, like um, I always enjoy Mitch Moreland. I'm going to jump down to um, Will Wickwist's question then, because that kind of falls in line there a little bit. Um, with the this roster, how do you see the right side of the infield shaping up? Seems to me um, Chavis and Peraza. We get first dibs, Lynn, Marco, Chatham, Rule 5 battling uh, for second base leftovers. Folks like Joseph and Akami getting early reps at first base with hopes that Talbot closes in the season here. That might also affect <clears throat> whether or not the Red Sox would bring Moreland back, how close they think Dahlbuck is, um, and if they think that you know not long into the season he'll be their solution at first, or if um, Chavis holds it down enough then they can use those two internal options rather than um, even if it ends up being one year, 1.5 for Moreland, they could go for 500000 on their internal options. Well, I think it would depend dollars. on the role that uh, Moreland wanted because I could see them bringing in like a Moreland as just like a left-handed compliment, not a straight platoon who would play against all the righties, but just a couple times a week against a tough righty, let Dombek kind of ease his way into the majors. Um as far as the question goes, um, major disrespect for Jonathan Arouse. Arouse. I think his name is Arouse, which makes him funny. But, um, yep. Yeah, he called him Rule 5. Come on, man. He's a good name. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think I think Chavis and Peraza are probably the two somewhat starters. Um, I think Arouse has sort of a decent chance. I wrote about that today. I think he has a better chance than I initially thought of sticking on the roster. And I also think Bobby Dalbeck has a decent chance of breaking camp with the team. Um, I think the Red Sox like Bobby Dalbeck a lot. And if he doesn't fall on his face in spring and uh, they think he's ready, I wouldn't be surprised and kind of see Chavis roam around a little bit. So you don't have to play Peraza so much. You get Dahlbeck at first, and Chavis playing some at first, Chavis playing some at second, maybe playing some left field. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be totally surprised if Dahlbeck makes the team out of camp. He had a great season at Pawtucket last year, and I would love for him to just continue that with the Red Sox. So I hope that ends up being the case. I mean, if he can keep it cut his strikeouts way down last year, if that's like real, Bobby Dahlbeck is legit. And I yep. am not the highest on Bobby Dahlbeck. So I don't know how real it is, but I know people that do think it's real. Yeah. Uh, it'd be great to add him to a lineup that also included Mookie. I think it's Coral Montorans. Yeah, that'd be neat. Uh, linebacker6 asks, any thoughts about Tech as the next manager who is the leading candidate? Oh, well, we kind of talked about leading candidates before, but we did not bring up Veritech at all. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't like it. 
like I said, sort of with Pedroia and really anybody but Buck Walter, I wouldn't be upset. I sort of have to defer to the Red Sox judgment here because I don't really have any reason to believe he would be great at it, and I don't have any reason to believe that there's no way he could be bad at it. So if they think he's ready, I would hate it. Who doesn't love Furtick? I would have one requirement for him as the manager, and it's that he would have to wear a little M on his chest, on his uniform. <laughs> All right, well, that is not my requirement, too. That is very funny to me. I don't really don't like <laughs> uh, Hector Los Misos de Siempre would like to know which of the L.A. or San Diego uh, would present the best offer for Mookie. Uh, hmm, that is actually an interesting question. I kind of like the pieces that, at least from what's been rumored, that um, L.A., has offered over San Diego, not that I'd be real thrilled with either, but I think the Dodgers have more young major league ready talent or better young major league ready talent than San Diego. So I would go with Yeah. That. Um I think it's very close. I agree with you that I like the Dodgers players more, I think. Um, but price going along really hurts me. Um I really think that, like, I really don't want to see Price go. Um, and I also, if Trammell is available, I do like Taylor Trammell a lot, and I would not be upset about that. Um, he's also an extremely fun person, so. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's. a lot of fun in the Futures game when he was mic'd up. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, I think it's very close. Um, the Will Myers factor kind of hanging over it all does not bode well in San Diego's favor, but, um. Yeah, I think it's – I could be convinced either way. Louis Legstrong says, just for fun, what's your ranking of the least unlikely player managers for the 2020 Red Sox? Least unlikely? That so the most head. likely? That's got to be a mistake, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's – I think he's asking unlikely. the most unlikely. Yeah. Least likely. Um, <laughs> play, least likely play it's like an manager. SAT question. Yeah. Um, well, the most likely would be J.D. Martinez. He'd be at the very bottom of the list. Um, you think he would be the most likely? Yeah. I mean, he's already basically a hitting coach. I would go Pogarts. As the most? Most Captain likely, X. Yeah. He's like, yeah, man, least likely he's is... Like, he like brings everybody together. Everybody loves Bogarts. I would feel like uh, I mean I know he's a the teammates love him, but I feel like it would be Farrell two with Price as the manager. Um, so you have him as least likely. He would be the most annoying to me. So I don't know if that really fits in the ranking <laughs> at all. But um, yeah, uh, Benintendi. I mean, the least likely is, like, a rouse or, like, one of the random relievers they just <laughs> trade for. That's the answer. There's a boring answer, but that's the right answer. Of the regulars, it would be, I mean, it would be Devers. He's a 13-year-old kid. You can't have that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like asking a toddler to drive a car. Yeah, it's not good for anybody. So there was that... Uh... That story from like a summer ago where Tyler hops in a car, drove like five miles to a gas station to get some candy. 
and then end up doing donuts in the the parking lot. Did you see the dog? I think it was his last. It was not too long ago. A dog in Florida got in the car and was going around in circles. Yeah, for like a couple yeah. hours. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> uh, where are we? Oh, Spencer Madison. Wait, did we just do that one? Oh no. No, I think he had two questions. That would make sense. Uh, obvious questions. The hypothetical Mookie trade, San Diego sends Myers, blah, 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 blah. Thoughts. We did do that. Do you think they and Dodgers also raised their offer because of Marte trade? No. Do the Mets get no. involved? Probably not, but they should. Well, I, I mean, no, they shouldn't. The Red Sox should keep Mookie and they should shut all the shit down. But. Yeah, I'm not going to try and predict yeah. what they're going to do. That's something I'm very interested in. Nancy Toothaker asks, are there any circumstances that would make you okay with a bet straight? Uh, if they got trout. <laughs> so, here is here's how this works. <laughs> um, the only way you trade him is A, you know for a fact he doesn't want to resign. This is a thing that people love to say that we know for a fact. We absolutely do not. There's no reason. We don't have any reason to believe that, at least based on what we've heard publicly, that he doesn't want to come back to Boston. He just wants to make the most money, which is fine, and they can offer that. So if for some reason you know that there's absolutely no way he will resign no matter the price, he absolutely doesn't want to play in Boston, that is part A. Part B, you do not think that you are a playoff contender. Um, I have already said that. I don't think that's a reasonable thing to think, but if for whatever reason the Red Sox think that, and you have to be blown away. You can't trade him for nothing. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, I guess you don't have to be blown away. If you don't think he's resigning and you don't think you have any chance at the playoffs, or if you know he's not resigning and you don't think you have any chance at the playoffs, then I think it's reasonable to talk about trading it, but I don't think either of those things are true. And then at that point, you're basically talking about the trade deadline because you'd have to see what the team can do with him. And if they're contending, then it's off the table. And if they're out of it, then you you know talk to him like, Boston, what's the deal? You like it? No? Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying like in this hypothetical, you know yeah. this stuff. But I think that still falls into it's not going to happen now. And if that would happen, it would be more of a deadline deal. Yeah, I mean, the only <clears> thing <throat> would be just you, you want to get it done because you have an offer and you're afraid it wouldn't be there at the deadline. But yeah, I mean, I just, I think we've made pretty clear that we do not think that this is a reasonable thing to think anyways. Yeah, agreed. Uh, And that wraps it up. So thanks for sticking with us. And uh, I'm still alive. So that's a positive. That's very good. Yeah. And uh, as long as I continue to stay alive, you can follow me on Twitter at the spoken Keats. And you can follow Matt at Matt R.Y. Collins uh, or Over the Monster at Over the Monster. You can check out all the awesome stuff that goes there. All right, let's do that. You can go with Over the Monster. Do that one. A lot of awesome stuff going out over the site as well. Please check that out. Um, Anything in particular you want to shout out? Uh. Yeah, we are doing our, uh, we just started our season preview series where we go through every player on the 40-man roster and pick uh, one big question for them. So uh, that's my favorite thing I do every year. So that just started on Monday. And uh, we are also doing our community top prospect voting. So uh, 
every Tuesday and Friday. We go one by one down the list and we all vote and pick the list one by one. So we just, uh, when you're listening to this, number four will have been posted. So you can vote for number five. Great. Sounds good. And you can, uh, assuming Jake survives his flu epidemic, you can follow him at DevJake. He just DM'd me, so he's alive. At least he was a half hour ago. Great. That is good news. <laughs> All right. Thanks for uh, hanging with us, and we'll uh, check it out next time.